our super duty tough work we here back in the building hey man vacation man how was the vacation yo what can i say man what can i say man it was ah it was ah. <laughs> you know what i mean it was great it was uh it was a beautiful experience man so. you know sometimes you don't be knowing how much you need to time off till you start taking the time off yeah it was one of those yeah. like I, I felt it like yo you need some time off but yeah. then when i actually got there and i was just not doing nothing mm-hmm. bro that shit felt amazing yeah when she was out there you was like oh i needed this yeah <laughs> i needed this so bad bro like I, I i drove down so like the first day i drove and stopped in charlotte and uh went digging in charlotte you know mm-hmm. had a hotel there for like one night and another day for like basically two days though and uh just to wake up and be like what are you doing today whatever i want yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that shit was great <sighs> it was great and then i just dipped and went to orlando and uh you know it's kicking with swam and it's soliloquist of sound and just dog i woke up every day and i just wrote first i would just walk for like five miles Mm-hmm. weather was 80 75 it was gorgeous you wake up yeah. and it's just this breeze coming in the window <laughs> it's like yo the sun is all nice yeah. yo you look around you ain't gotta think I wasn't thinking about nothing mm-hmm. and, uh, and it was like yo this is the first time in a long time that I got to just be a rapper man you know I just wake up and me and Swan will listen to beats at night he'll leave me with something I, you know, get walk around to it, walk a few miles to it, come back, write some shit bar, down. Bar out. Bar out. You know, write my rhyme, demo it, go dig for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Then when he come back, all right, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Just joint after joint after joint after joint. I wrote and recorded a song every day. Dope. Every day for a week. Dope. And uh, some of the dopest stuff I've done in a long time. But uh, Nice. I didn't realize how much I needed it till I got there, man. Like I, I, I've done more this week that I've been back. I've done more m- work on my book this week since I've been back than I did January and February combined. Mm-hmm. Just because I was burnt out, I couldn't do shit. I was like, I would stare at it and be like, "Man, fuck this!" <laughs> like, nah, you good? <laughs> I'm straight. <laughs> yeah. Every day though, I would stare at it. Like I know when I'm right at the finish line too. Uh. But I was just like, fuck this. And walk away in disgust. <laughs> Anger. Because I had to actually yeah. finish writing this book. And now, like, like today I just wrote, like, 3,000 words today. Nice. Of a chapter that wasn't even supposed to be in the book. I was like, you know what I need a chapter on? Let me add mm-hmm. this real quick. And then I woke up mm-hmm. this morning like, wow. 3,000 words later. I sent the, sent the rest of the book to get uh, edited yesterday. Let me just send this last. And, uh, but the shit is rolling. And uh, nice. man, I needed it. I needed it. I'm glad you see. You see, I sent you to pick other, other, you know, the, the exercise yeah. room, the weight room. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, that's what it got to be. Yeah, 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 good, good one. I see what you did there, son. I see what you did there. The weight room is in full effect. You know, right, right. So I finally got an exercise room at my house, which is where we were formerly shooting this podcast at for everybody at mm. home. And uh, man, I don't worked out eight days straight. Nice. Feel great. Nice. Like I'm, yeah, I need an extra room in my house yeah. so I can do something like that. Gotta you might just these. have to get a corner. You might just have to take that under underneath your stairs, <laughs> that little Man. tiny narrow walkway. That might be all you can get. You gotta get these kids out. That's what I gotta do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You gotta. <laughs> you was thinking about that's a whole what, different angle than I was yeah, seeing it from. I was, yeah, I was on a whole other page. Like I was <laughs> on like, a, I'm talking about a room. Yeah, you're like, I need to evict some people. <laughs> I got too many tenants. <laughs> That's what you was thinking. Yeah. Some of these little boys gotta go. Are y'all eighteen yet? Clock <laughs> ticking. Pops over here. Oh like, man. Hey, hey, hey. Pops in the exercise room. <laughs> <laughs> y'all on the clocks. Facts. Facts. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope, man. Hell yeah. So yeah, this week, man, we back. You know, I mean, although we've been dropping episodes every week, we mm-hmm. have not been recording every week. So now nah. we've been. Re- uh, you know, we did a bunch, had a bunch in a hole, and we just been dropping them every week. So this is, uh, you know, we back this week, and uh, we're going to keep dropping them. But uh, this week, we're going to talk about the music industry. Yeah. And uh, we haven't talked about the music industry in a minute. And, uh, you know, this topic is about the myths of the music industry. 
and really the biggest myths of the music industry because there's a lot of misconceptions. A lot. You know, especially for new artists. They be coming out mm-hmm. the gate just thinking shit sweet, thinking some shit's worse than it actually is. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to clarify, you know, some of these these music industry myths. And uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. Work. We got you stuck off the realness, the most infamous, you heard of us, official podcast murderers, the show comes equipped with few points to share, grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow, so go ahead and download, every single week with a brand new episode, you're not alone in this world cousin, so we share information and honest discussion, and keep repping a culture, like we supposed to, they spread gossip but they never come close to, I can hear it inside their tone, they talk about the industry but never left their home you get laced up with bullet points and such plus empowering topics that they never would touch you can put your whole network against the team but super duty tough works the mvp most valuable podcast on mp3 priceless info but all of it's free huh. so take these words home and think them through super duty tough work is coming at you now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. We back, folks. Yeah. Super Duty Tough Work, Blueprint, Illogic. Yeah, I'm here. Hey, man, the most consistent... Uh, provocative podcast on the planet right you know some people they listen to us and they uh, they don't like how super duty does things <laughs> but I got a message for y'all super mm-hmm. duty ain't for everybody right we don't try to be for everybody we wouldn't even want to be for everybody because it would make us have to change how we do shit right and so for those who this is for, we appreciate y'all. Yeah, man. Thank y'all for listening so long. You know, because, you know, I never got no hate mail behind my music, but I definitely right. got some behind this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That is so true. It's so true. I ain't never had nobody say like, yo, I ain't appreciate what you said on that track on Unforeseen. You know right. what I'm saying? Nah, nah, you ain't never heard that. Nah, but on episode blah blah blah, Ooh, Super Duty, you have your. Tight. I got some questions. <laughs> I'm mad at you about that shit. Yeah. Why you say that? Yeah, man. Okay, but we gonna keep doing this shit because this is. I mean, and at the end of the day, we would do this shit if it was just us, right? And that's what everybody needs to know. And that's that's when you're doing it for the right reasons. And so we gonna keep doing it for the right reasons. And we appreciate y'all accompanying us on this journey. So. Music industry myths. Number one myth of the music industry. Getting signed means your record coming out. <laughs> this was so funny. You got to laugh as soon as I say it, right? Because it's so <laughs> prominent. People get signed every day. Like what people, when they look at the music industry, they just see the artist who comes out. Yeah. They just see the guy who's the hometown favorite who had the smash single, who mm-hmm. just had this meteoric rise. And they're like, that's it. Mm-hmm. I, I saw his independent mixtape. I saw I heard he got signed. His album came out a year later. He's famous now. Yeah, I wonder what the analytics on that is. Like, <laughs> it's dark. How many yeah. artists get signed, you know, compared to how many records actually come out? It's got to be dark. It's got to be dark. I'm guessing like one to every 40 or 50. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, we know. We personally like, know people who've been signed. Yeah, we personally know people who've been signed whose records got shelved. <laughs> personally <laughs> know them. Yeah. Never dropped. Never dropped. I mean, we know artists who've been in the music industry who had deals and they might have got one record out. Mm-hmm. Rest of them didn't come out. Yeah. Right. They, they got like even if you look like a like a Souls of Mischief, most of the high yeah. row crew, mm-hmm. uh, they got one to two records out of piece. But after yeah. that, nothing else. The industry kind of was indie. Indie after that. The industry yeah. kind of closed its door. 
and and they're a success story. Right, right. Because they had some hits. Yes. Because <laughs> they had some hits. Yeah, they, they had, had some hits. actual hits that are still being listened to today. Yeah. Now, had they not had that, oh, would nobody know? Be checking for them. Their yeah. independent career wouldn't have taken off had they not gotten out and hit with that first record. Mm-hmm. And even then, it probably wasn't enough to the music industry. The music industry right. probably expected them to go triple and platinum and shit. You know, mm-hmm. double triple platinum, and they probably didn't. And that's probably why they ended up, you know, not getting the opportunity again. But to all the artists out there, man, I need to let y'all know getting signed is not the end. Right. It's the start. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and you see people, they just want to get signed. They want to get signed. They want to get signed for one reason or another. You know, we spoke about it even on the MF Doom episode about he couldn't get his record out. All right. the things that happened in between, you know, getting signed and the record supposed to come out like that second record didn't come out. Yeah. And even I mean, this ain't this isn't like like even just major labels, indie yeah. labels too. facts. You get signed to an indie label. It don't mean your record coming out just because you got creative control, quote unquote. <laughs> yep. <laughs> don't mean. Yep. That's your record coming out. You get signed to this label, that label. You know what I'm saying? It don't it don't matter what label. If it ain't a good business decision, they putting you on the shelf, chief. <laughs> <laughs> right. And they let you keep that advance. They get you. T- right. They right. just they'll write that off. Right. You know, so yeah, yeah. that's an expense. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so so I want oh, I I say this because I I think there are a lot of artists who look at it like that's all you have to do to be successful, but they don't understand once you get inside that realm, there's a whole nother level of politics, gamesmanship, um, responsibility, a mm-hmm. uh, whole new list of demands that come of you as an artist songwriter that yeah. um you have to take on and win that game in order to come out. And so it's yeah. kind of like, you know, like uh, it's kind of like childbirth. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like just how many uh, sperm make it to the egg? <laughs> right. One. One. And how many started, though? Millions. Millions. Right. Yes. So it's like, yo, you and, and there's no telling if it's going to even, you know what I'm saying? So like every uh, yeah. child is incredibly blessed to be here. Yeah, because even when the sperm make it to the egg, it don't necessarily mean that that child gonna be born no yeah (laughs) right that's how the record industry is man you you see the ones who make it and you don't get told the story of all the super talented people who even got signed Mm -hmm. but for one reason or another the record didn't come out and so as you are working on your talent we say pay particularly pay the same amount of attention to your other skills your soft skills to your team to how organized and disciplined you are because once you're in that system, be it independent label or major label, those skills are going to be the ones that help you get your record out and be successful on the next level. So that's number one. All right. Number two myth of the music industry Mm -hmm. is being an artist is the only way to make an impact. Come on. Suge Suge Knight ain't never rapped in his life. No, Puffy's a terrible rapper. (laughs) Right, right. You know what I mean? I mean, like if you just look back at the history of the hip hop industry, there is name after name after name who were not rappers who kind of helped build the thing. And Mm. most of these people who started these labels, they weren't rappers themselves. Nah, not at all. You know what I'm saying? I think that there's a a tendency in hip hop for us to kind of have this myopic view. Like since I came into the culture rhyming or producing that the only way or the best way for me to make an impact is to do that. No, that's so wrong. I mean, cause you even look at somebody like Sadiq of rhyme sayers, he was a DJ, but he was he was better on the business side. Yep. So he even put the DJ in the side. You know what I'm saying? To take care of Facts. the business. And you see the impact that Rhyme Sayers has made on the industry. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and there's a lot of names in the major industry that we know yeah. because of their business acumen, not because of their musical ability or their skill. Facts. Facts. Clive That's Davis what... ain't never sung a song. No. <laughs> 
We don't know none of his joints. <laughs> right, right. He don't got no records out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're going to go see Clive Davis and Cousin. No, nobody knows his joints. Nobody knows his joints. Right, uh, right. You know what I mean? It's like, and it's true. And, 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 and we see it at a small level. And, and for artists, I, I'd say this. And, you know, me and Big Stowe touched on this as well a few weeks back when I had him on. You know, shout out to mm-hmm. Big Stowe. But we talked about how we need people who understand hip hop culture on both sides. Right. We have a dearth of people who know how to rap and make mm-hmm. beats. But how yeah. many of us know how to manage artists, yeah. how to book shows, yeah. how to tour manage, how to run a label, how to project manage? You know what I'm saying? How to yeah. how to how to handle merch, uh, create merch, work with art. Mm-hmm. like all these skills that actually make the shit go. How, who knows contracts? Who knows publishing really well? Right. Right. We get this viewer that just as a rapper, that's the only way I can do it. But we need to understand, like, yo, the reason we are struggling to control, you know, certain things in hip hop and certain things get, you know, done wrong is because we don't have our people in place. Yeah, we just want to rap. Everybody wants the spotlight. And the thing about those those positions that you're talking about, they are not in the spotlight. Those are behind the scenes positions. So you don't get all the praise. Mm-mm. You don't you know what I'm saying? You 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 got the money. Yep. The money is there. You know what I'm saying? If you if you especially if one of your artists pop or something, you know what I'm saying? Yep. But you don't get all the recognition. Your name ain't up in lights. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you just got to play the back. But, you know, you got to understand understanding your role. And a lot of those dudes understand their roles that are in those positions. Facts, facts from from the Dame Dashes to the Irv Gotti's to the Shook Knights mm-hmm. to like these are guys Russell Simmons. Russell Simmons. They didn't rap. Right. But hip hop would not be where it is today. You know what I mean? Uh, w- without them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Steve Rifkin, all of these yeah. names who built what we now know is, you know, there's no Wu-Tang without Steve Rifkin. You right. know what I mean? And so what what I what I say to artists is like, understand that like there will be plenty of opportunities within the industry that have absolutely nothing to do with rapping or producing. But right. only if you see it. Mm-hmm. Because these things just come and they just sit there and, and, and no one wants to do them. And then someone else from outside of the shit who don't love this shit just sees it as a money grab. Yeah. They don't care about the culture. They're like, oh, y'all don't want to do this part of it? I'll do it for y'all. Yeah, I got you. I don't know nothing about it, but I got you. <laughs> oh, it's money. Got, in what's it? on the radio? What's yeah. on the radio? Okay, yeah. that's what I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna be an AR for this label. What's yeah. on the radio? You know, yeah. so who popping right now? I'm gonna get everybody that sound like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that to the show promoters, like all of these, like we've been in this shit long enough to where we know how many different people it takes to make this thing go and how right. few of them are rappers right and and i i would like everyone who's listening to understand that no matter what you do and this is not even specifically about rap because Mm -hmm. honestly this applies to no matter what your skill set is there's going to be a technical side where you where you are creating that thing and there's going to be a business side and on a business side understand that your tech your technical acumen is going to be what actually allows you to have an advantage on that other side yeah true and so, like, people like you are needed. The, the goal is to Im- have an impact. It's not necessarily to be in a spotlight. Right. Being in a spotlight and having an impact are two different things. Mm-hmm. Millie Vanilli was in the spotlight. Yeah. But they songwriter got all the bread. <laughs> the dude singing it got all the bread. Right. They didn't make no impact. Right. Right. And the checks are still going to the people who wrote those songs and performed those songs. And so I say the same thing to everybody here. Look around you and look at all the the things that are needed. And you, when you start seeing it differently, you'll start seeing a whole lot of opportunity. And you ain't got to be no vocalist or no rapper or no dancer or none of that shit to have a big impact in, on the culture. Mm-hmm. Thanks. That's number two. Myth number three. There's a big one. Yeah. This is the myth of the big city. Mm. This is for the people who believe, well, I live in a small town, so I ain't going to never make it. You know, if I just went to New York, I could crack. 
you know what? There's too many haters here. I need to move to L.A. <laughs> you know who don't have haters? Chicago. Let me go mm-hmm. to Chicago or Miami because, you know, Columbus, Ohio ain't shit. Right. Or, or Cincinnati or Orlando or Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? All of these places or Austin, Texas, they don't have. Mm-hmm. Nah, let me let me go over there. Kansas City. Kansas City. Nah, <laughs> no one comes out of Kansas City. It's a myth. Mm-hmm. When you really look at it, there are artists who are dope coming out of every fucking city. And there right. almost always have been. Yeah, hip hop was kind of centralized for some years between the West Coast and East Coast and the majority of larger artists came out of there. But mm-hmm. now it's, it's wide open. Yeah, especially because of the internet. So, Because you have access to everything and you have access to everyone. So if you have a home studio and you know how to mix a little bit and you got a phone, you know what I'm saying? Like you might be able to pop. Yep. And we're seeing that a lot. And it don't matter where you're from. Yep. You know, it's starting to matter somewhat, you know, depending on what your taste in music is, how good you are at what you're doing. Yep. Yeah. You know, you know what I think it is? I also think there's a bit of it where artists who have a real negative outlook on things. They use that shit as like an excuse. Of course. You know what I mean? It's like a cop out like, hey, you know, if you were from here, you know, you wouldn't be doing shit either. Right. And we've been to some some of the biggest cities, some of the smallest cities, and we've seen small crews from small cities have big impacts on their scenes. Facts. And we, I, I just think a lot of people got to stop using that as an excuse. Like where I'm from determines my outcomes with this shit no it, uh, your work ethic determines your outcome sure right. are you are you living somewhere where there may be less resources maybe mm-hmm. than 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 someone from new york city or la yes you are yeah they probably have bigger venues more established venues there but you know what your ass can walk right into the venue at your city and talk to somebody mm-hmm. them local artists in new york can't get nobody on the motherfucking phone half the time and they might even be more popular than you. The right. thing, you have advantages from being from a smaller market, but if you don't see them that way, you'll never, you'll never use them. True. That's number three, myth. Number four, myth of the music industry is the big fan base myth. Hunting fans. <laughs> Core you know, Come on, man. This, this is the myth that says... If you don't have a million followers, if you ain't getting daytime play, if you ain't selling out 2,000, 1,000 cap rooms, you're nobody. You can't make a living off of art. That's not true. Not true at all. I am standing here. We are talking (laughs) as proof of this. Right, right. The, the, the myth of the big fan base sometimes discourages people from even getting started. Yeah. Especially if they're a little older, right? Like 30 mm-hmm. is considered old in rap mm-hmm. to begin started. And so people will say, oh, man, I ain't going to never blow up like them. I ain't going to never do all that shit. I mean, shit. But, 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 but the truth is, like, yo, you don't need a million followers right, to you make don't. a living off of it. You don't. You know, I mean, you and I, we, we joked about like the vinyl sales and stuff we've been having on here. We don't have thousands and thousands of people buying from us every time we run a sale. No. We have a small, very enthusiastic fan base. Yeah. And that very enthusiastic, supportive fan base allows us to do everything we do, man. Yeah, because I think I think the thing people need to understand like we had the um episode about the uh, the hundred you know the hundred fans, fans. that yes. are yeah the true fans and um like really if you got a core hundred people to yep. 200 people that buy everything that you put out yep then if you drop in regularly you can make a living Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like you can definitely make a living. And if, you know, when touring opens back up, that that puts a whole nother, you know, that's a whole nother income stream. But just the fans that actually buy the music and stream the music, if you got 
at least 100 to 200 people and you don't have a big family or anything. Yep. You can live. It's true. It's true. If I didn't have wife and kids, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be working a regular job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if I if I like I make enough now to support myself if I was single. Yeah. Off of my music. Yeah. Every year. I could do that if I if I, you know, didn't have a, a family to take care of. Yeah. Because yeah, I got a nice core fan base that support everything that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people ain't they're not seeing that. I think it's uh and and you know Sometimes I don't blame them because sometimes unless they hear people like us speak about it. Right. They think that the only path is the path. You know what I'm saying? That Mm -hmm. you have to blow up, blow up. Yeah. In order to do something you love. Mm -hmm. And I don't want people to believe that that's a myth. You don't have to really blow up to be a you don't have to be a household name to do what you love. Yeah. You know, you can make a living off of a small dedicated fan base you know and with regular consistent releases and and you 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 focus on that and your niche and you will be successful yeah they uh, see the five thousand views on your video and think like oh ain't nobody checking for him you know right right they think it ain't shit you're like yeah actually ain't got a million yeah right thousand views yeah five thousand views ain't really bad like you do that in you know 90 days you know what i'm saying a couple months 5,000 views, that's not bad at all. 5,000 no. people didn't watch your video. Right, and people think, like you're saying, they don't They don't know because they're looking at this very big thing. Mm-hmm. They're saying, look, man, I just seen you know this guy's video and he got 3 million views in a day. Mm-hmm. He got a million, in, you know what I'm saying, in a day. Like, you over yeah. here with your little 10, 20,000, I mean, mm-hmm. you ain't really doing nothing. You ain't popping. You got, you got what? You got what? What? 1,000 views in a day? Okay. Yeah. You know, ain't nobody, ain't nobody paying attention to that. Yeah. That's a lot for, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> yeah, like, in yeah. my position, like, 1,000 views in a day, if I if I get that, I'm like, yeah. oh, word. Right. <laughs> That's and good. It, it, yeah, and, and then and you know that it's good because you know the, the, the trickle-down effect of that. Right. Right, like, you know that if you got a video that does 1,000, 2,000 in a fucking day or a week or something, like, you're like, you know what? I only got, I ain't even got thousand subscribers on my uh youtube so exactly. if i did a thousand on the video in one day or in one week that's beyond my subscriber base mm-hmm. that means i'm touching some people i didn't touch previously right okay and now i see the trickle down of okay now my merch game is starting to crack because this video is yep. cracking a little bit starting to get notifications okay <laughs> selling some things over here okay yep Yep. And so while the, so while one person may look at you and say, "Oh man, you ain't shit because you ain't got a million views in a week," you know, you know the numbers behind that shit. Right. You know, I I had a a fan one time take me to the side, like he was like lightweight concerned with you know this is like 2014, mm. like he was like it was like an intervention or something. You know what I mean? He was like, man, man, so you not on rhyme stairs no more, man? You okay? Wow. <laughs> He asked me like, like it was like a drug intervention. Like, man, are you? That's crazy. Right? Like he was legit concerned for my safety. Like, like <laughs> that's wild. Like, like, bro, that's the best decision I ever made. What uh, yeah. are you talking about? I was like, yo, bro, I'm making way more money now. You're like, oh, <laughs> my bad, friend. <laughs> I was like, bro, look, no disrespect to them. I was like, that's a big system. Mm-hmm. You gotta sell a lot of records to make money, and the, the, the big system spends more money to make the money, right? Mm-hmm. And so what, the way we do, we don't got to spend all that money to make money because we're going directly to our people. And I explained like, yo, man, I know that in terms of the profile, it might not look like things are getting as much coverage. Right. I'm on Rhyme Stairs. I'm getting, you know, half a million views on my videos, 100,000, mm-hmm. 200,000 minimum. Right. And then I put them on the waitlist channel. Maybe they get 5,000, 10,000 views. Right. Somebody who only knows that part might look and be like, yo, he's failing over here. Mm-hmm. He ain't doing that. But then when you look under the hood, you'd be like, well, if he's he's I'm actually doing better in a lot of senses. Right. Because it's just not it's not the same. But people don't know because we don't be telling our story like that, you know. Right. But yeah, that's number four. All right. Uh, we'll take a break. and We'll be right back. Word. To all fans of the Super Duty Tough Work podcast, I'm here to remind you that my fourth book is officially here. The name of the book is The 10 Traits of Successful Hip Hop Artists, and the book is available right now 
exclusively on waitlist.net. If you're a regular listener to the show and dig what we do, then this book is a must buy. It takes all of the concepts and inspiration that we provide every week to the next level. Better yet, it analyzes the careers and lives of some of the dopest hip hop artists and breaks down the exact traits that have made them so successful. Then it takes it a step further by showing you how to develop those traits. For all listeners to the show, I have a special offer just for you. When you enter the coupon code SDTW, you will be given a 10% discount off the book. That's exclusively for the listeners of the show and won't be announced anywhere else. Again, coupon code SDTW gets you 10% off your copy of my new book, The 10 Traits of Successful Hip Hop Artists that is available now and shipping worldwide. So if you don't have the book yet, head over to waitlist.net and order your copy today. That's all for now back to the show all right folks y'all know those guys super duty tough wizard yeah back again you know y'all gonna have to excuse us we a little more talkative this week because we ain't seen each other in like a month and seven Sunday. <laughs> yeah we talking a little bit this might be a, a yeah. over an hour you know <laughs> yeah all kind of ad living going on in this episode just extra sauce getting thrown on everything so bear yeah. with us at home you know what i mean mm-hmm it's been a couple of weeks since we've done this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're talking about the myths of the music industry. Ten myths. Now we're on number five. The number five myth of the music industry is that being a one hit wonder is bad. Shit. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, let me let me get a billboard chart. Give me one. Just give me one. Please. Eating off of that for the rest of my life. <laughs> Come on, yo. Yo, it's so true though. It's so true. Like people look at it like, Ugh, he a one hit wonder. People be making nah, fun bro. of people one hit wonders, man. And I know, look, I was that way too until I was on tour, the Guy Loves Ugly tour. And I remember we was talking about somebody who was a one hit wonder. And Merce was like, man, I don't know what the fuck wrong with y'all. I wish I could have one hit. <laughs> y'all making fun of this man. How many hits y'all got? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was like, damn, first right though. He right. Yeah. He right. Cause yo, why are people making fun of somebody who only hit once? Do you know how hard it is to write a hit song? Come on, man. Of any genre? Mm. Not even just a pop song. Just any hit yeah. within that genre. That shit is hard, bruh. Hard as hell. <laughs> for something to hit. Yeah. And for people like for it to get on the charts, that means millions and millions and millions of people are listening to that song. Yeah. And know the words to that song, like, right. come on, yo. People think that's easy. Come on, no, it's it's very difficult. Yeah. It's and, it's and, very very difficult. And the worst part is they only punishing you because you couldn't do it twice. Yeah, like, bro, you most of these people <laughs> that's talking shit about you couldn't do it once. Like Nurse said, like y'all can't even do it. <laughs> right? At least I did it. Yeah. I'm like, let me have a young MC bust a move. You know what I'm saying? Come let on, me have now. a. You know what I mean? Tone let me, yeah, Tone Tone Loke, Loke, wild thing. Give me one yeah, of those. Let me one of those, please. Come on, man. Just one joint. <laughs> He's still getting residuals off of that. That shit in commercials. That Come shit on, today. Man. That song is 30, 40 years old, man. Dog, Sir Mix a lot. Been eating. Come off on. But baby got back. Come on, bro. He's gonna be eating off that till he dies. Hey, the rest yeah, of his, his life. kids. His, his kids, kids, grandkids is gonna be eating off that. One joint. You don't need 10 joints. Nah, man. <laughs> you don't Give need an one. album of hits. Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. That, that's it. That's <laughs> Give it. Give me one of those. Give me Just one of those. One. Just yep. one. Yes. Yeah. There's some weird beliefs that people have about songwriting that come out when you start talking about one hit wonders. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and one of them is 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 the next point we're gonna get to, but but it's but to keep it on this, it's like people go their whole careers writing song after song after song after song y'all don't know how many songs artists write and how many miss the mark and we're not even talking about even writing a song that's a hit in your own catalog right becomes harder the longer you do it right so like i might have a song like let's say share this right or like unlimited early in my catalog Mm -hmm. or a jerry springer episode the the thing is now how do i write some shit like that just 
does captures that mm-hmm. the rest of my career on every album. That's hard. Hard as hell. It's hard. That's why we got to That's why I'm still performing fucking Thousand Whispers and, <laughs> and stop lying. Like, right? Because you can't you can't surpass it. <laughs> yeah, like it's so, there's some things that you just you just call lighting in a bottle that day. Exactly. Exactly. You know what like, I'm saying? Yeah, like that feeling of not being able to top some of your old shit is part of the reason that I kind of was like almost ready to quit early in my mm-hmm. career. It wasn't because I was successful. was unsuccessful. It was because of the fear of not being able to top my own catalog and having to stand in the shadows of this great writing at the beginning that I never could surpass. Right. You know, which is wild as shit, but people don't understand how hard it is. It's very difficult, dude. Yeah. Like it's, it's, I mean, just having, having a classic album is, you know, a song is one thing. Having right. an album. Hard. Oh, God. Yep. And then making albums after that album, everybody like, yo, that out al- yo, that that shit you got right now is dope. But that that last joint was Mojan Blaze. <laughs> right. Why don't you do that no more? Yeah, now? why don't you do that shit? <laughs> yeah, this man. That's cool. Shit, yeah. What's up with that? That though? shit hard, bro. That shit hard. Yeah. So like I commend anybody that like a real hit. Yes. Man, listen. Yeah. Shit, man. Give me an ice ice baby any day. <laughs> any fucking day. <laughs> Telling you, oh, this one, I ride off into the sunset. Like, all right, yo, yep. man, hey, I got one, yep. got one. That's it. Just takes one. Yeah. And you the know. wild shit is, a lot of times you don't know it's gonna be a hit. No, you know, like know. you know, sometimes you do. Like, there's certain songs when you hear them, it's like, oh shit, that's you know, that's the joint. Yeah. But there's some songs that you don't fucking know that that's gonna be the one. No, you don't know. Did we you think Thousand Whispers was gonna be a hit? No, hell no, hell no. <laughs> That was just five for us. Five minute verse. That was just for us. Yeah. No chorus until the. You know. No. No. No one. No one threw that shit. Five minute verse. Dog, no every, hook. Every song that ever popped for me, I'd say ninety nine percent of them I didn't know. The mm-hmm. only one I think I knew was Radio and Acted. Yeah. That because I fought for that to be the first single. Right. Like I was. They were like, we we don't think this should be. I was like, no, that's. It's got to be this. I, I was mm-hmm. like, I'll go shoot the music video and pay for it myself. And and when you see the video, you'll get it. You know what I mean? And then when they said, okay, yeah, we get it. Mm-hmm. We, we get it. And then it it popped. Outside of that, I don't know. I definitely didn't think Big Girls Need Love 2 was going to be popular. Right. You don't know. You don't know. You uh, neighborhood no Weed idea. Man. That shit is right. as popular as anything off 1988. Yeah. And it was on a 45 that wasn't on the album. <laughs> right. Who didn't knew? know. Because if I'd have known, I'd have put it on the album. Of course you would have. <laughs> Of course you would have. It would have been a single. Yeah, exactly. Straight up. Music video and everything. <laughs> I been out there with a big ass blunt. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Name of man. No, I couldn't I didn't know. Um, but but I, I hope people understand that at home. Like, yo, that's nothing to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. Being a quote unquote one hit wonder, man. That's number six. Oh no, no, that was number five. Okay. Number yeah. six. And this is another one. That I hear a lot. Number yeah. six myth is that pop music is easy to write. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it ain't. Like, man, no, have you ever, no, it's not. Like, dog, you ever have moments where you just listen to a pop song and be like, God damn, that songwriting is full of fire. Right. Dog. And it, it might not even be a song that I like. Yeah, I'm just like, Ooh. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the like certain lyrics, you be like, whoa, yo, yo, <laughs> yeah, just the idea alone, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, some of the ideas of songs, some of the lines in songs, like, yo, yeah, that shit fire, yeah, <laughs> nah, this shit ain't easy, it ain't easy. I mean, look, I know we underground rappers, and you know, mm. this is a sensitive subject to, to some people don't want to admit that some music, especially if it's like some pop music, is actually, you know, technically crazy. But mm-hmm. dog, there's so many moments I'll be walking through a motherfucking store and hear some pop shit, and I'll be like, "God damn, who is this?" <laughs> I'll be ready to shazam the shit. It'd be the most pop shit ever, bro. But it be catches shit. The chord changes be crisp and exact. I'll be like, "Oh my god, it's just taking me places emotionally." I'll be feeling it in my soul. The music be speaking to me. <laughs> And I don't care who made it, who the fuck sing it. It'd probably be the corniest motherfucker that I hate. But I'd be like, yo, this shit right here, though, the song, though. Are you, li- are you, 
Is anybody else hearing this? I'm the croaker like, yo, who made this? Right. <laughs> I feel you, though. Yo, I feel you, man. It's not easy. I feel you. I say this as a person who's who who has sang on many of his own albums, who wrote a whole album. You know what I'm saying? I've worked with singers and all this other shit. You know, look, man, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Just the musical side is hard, man. And, and then you take just like the perfect performances that these pop singers be given because they be so trained and just like they be making hard stuff sound simple and easy. Yes. And and I, sometimes I wonder if that's the reason people don't appreciate it is because they make it seem sound so easy. Yeah, it looks so effortless. Yeah. It looks so eff- you see John Legend performing some shit, you know, sure? or Beyonce. Per- it, that it looks effortless, but you don't know how much work. Yeah, it just looks regular to them. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just like yeah. it's like a dude with mad hops who just doing three six. It's like that just look regular. This <laughs> right. He didn't expend no energy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like boy in the dunk kind of grab the ball off the rim and just, just off the backboard, just like, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Jump up, acting like about to kiss the rim. Uh, yeah. It just looked regular. He didn't break no sweat. Yeah. Still got a 45 inch vertical. <laughs> Yeah, man. Not, I know not it looks, easy. Yeah, we can't do that. We can't. And I think you know, artists. You start learning some shit about music, whether it's some some basics of music theory, how to play any instrument. It will give you a whole different appreciation for that. Facts. And uh, I think people should definitely like take a step back and just listen to it objectively. Mm-hmm. And every now and again, you'll be like, God damn, this is crazy. There's a reason that's yeah. a hit. Yeah, like once I once I started producing, oh man, I was hearing all kind of shit. <laughs> right. I was hearing all like, how did they do that? You right. know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> listening to pop music, you know, kids listening to the to the radio and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know who this is. I hate yeah. the song, but that fucking Ooh. who did that? Yeah. <laughs> As you hear just a beat, you be like, yo, that beat is incredible. Mm-hmm. I don't who did, yo time mm-hmm. out. I mean, like, <laughs> Are y'all, hold up hold up what is that what is yeah. that who made that like it's crazy it's so crazy but yeah that's a myth too man and so so to anybody out there you know and i challenge people to to to, to put it to the test mm-hmm. sit down in front of a piano you know what i'm saying try to compose some shit like that mm-hmm. it ain't easy nah. there's a reason that that shit is so popular it's just it's so fucking like well executed man mm-hmm. flawless music you know and so yeah that's number six all right number seven myth of the music industry this is the myth of the local gatekeeper <laughs> we saw this a lot in our days we did and at least it kind of sort of was real back then mm-hmm. because it was a smaller community of people who you know, there were only one or two people who did anything. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to rap, there was probably only, there was one weekly. There was one promoter who did underground rap shows. Mm-hmm. And if you fucked up shit with them, it was a rap. <laughs> he was ass out. Mm-hmm. And so, in that sense, yes, local gatekeepers used to kind of have an impact. But what helped us was the internet. Facts. The internet, changed you know, the game. changed the game. Cass was like, yo, how are they blowing up like this? How are they getting popular? They're still, oh, they're selling their tapes to people all over the world. That's weird. How are they? <laughs> <laughs> right? How they do that? How they do that? They, they just went around <laughs> us like that, though? Yeah, we went around y'all. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have to wait on y'all. We didn't need y'all stamp. You know what I mean? Um, but now it's it's less uh it's less applicable than ever. You know, mm. I think there's still a perception amongst artists who have maybe a more defeatist perspective to say, Oh man, them fools is stopping me from coming up. Mm-hmm. But that's when you really peek under the hood, that's not the case at all. It's more like, right. hey man, they not stopping y'all. Only thing stopping y'all is y'all. Yeah. What are you doing to help your progress? Yeah. And uh, in most instances, cats are just complaining. Yeah. You know, and it's another thing, like the other thing we named where it's like, uh, 
it sounds good because it takes the the accountability off of you. Oh yeah, you pointing them fingers at somebody else. <laughs> they fought. I work hard. Mm-hmm. They be stopping. They be stopping my whole shit, man. See, if yeah. they wasn't successful, I could come up. People used to legit say that about weightless. Yeah, they used to think we was cheating. Yeah, my big, we got a lot of that. Yeah, my biggest observation at that time, and and, and hearing what Cass was saying, it was like. If you win too much, people start to think you cheat. Mm-hmm. They don't think yeah. they're winning because they're working harder than me. Right. They think they cheated. There's no yeah. way they should be winning this much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's number seven. Uh, we'll take a break. And we'll be right back. Now that my new book, The 10 Traits of Successful Hip Hop Artists, has officially been released, I want to take a quick second to remind you that my first three books have officially been reprinted and are finally back in stock on waitlist.net. My first book, which is The Making of Adventures in Counterculture, is about the four-year process that it took to create my landmark album, Adventures in Counterculture. That book is officially back in stock. My second book is Word is Blog Volume 1, which is a collection of my best blogs and writing is officially back in stock and my third book titled what a night is a book about the worst shows of my career and that book is officially back in stock as well each book is ten dollars but you can get all three of these books for just twenty five dollars and you can get all three of them signed exclusively at waitlist.net if you've been thinking about picking these books up now is the perfect time thank you for your support Back to the show. To all the vinyl collectors out there, I wanted to let you know that two of my most loved albums have been repressed on vinyl. The first album is my 2014 solo album, Respect the Architect. This album features guest appearances from Count Bass D, Illogic, and Midas the Beast and sold out a couple months after it was originally made available. It's been reprinted again on yellow vinyl, available exclusively on waitlist.net. The second album is my 2018 album, Two-Headed Monster. The album features guest appearances from Slug of Atmosphere, Wordsworth, Superstition, Mr. Lift, AC Alone, and Haslow. Its initial pressing sold out a couple months after its release as well, but has been reprinted again on clear vinyl. Both of these LPs are available exclusively on waitlist.net, so head over there and pick up a copy while supplies last. Thanks for your support. Back to the show. All right. We're back. Super duty tough work. We here. You know what I'm saying? We give it to y'all every week, man. Yes. You know, the most consistent podcast on planet Earth. You know, I hope that y'all are, uh, you know, tuned in, enjoying this episode as we bust some of these myths. Mm-hmm. Three more to go. And this number eight is probably the most common myth in the music industry. Yeah. And this is the hard work myth. The hard work myth says that as long as you work hard on your craft, you're going to be successful. <laughs> nope. That's it. I just got to nope. put my head down. Keep working. I'm going to make beats all day and not talk to nobody. Mm. I'm going to write rhymes and never release this shit. But I'm working hard, though. I have no yeah. soft skills, but I'm working hard. Yeah, we know a lot of people like that. Too. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people. Talented. Mm-hmm. Working hard. But there's one thing I, I always peeped when we first started doing it was like, yo, you got to have somebody in your crew who got some people skills. Mm-hmm. It may not have to be you. Right. But you better bring somebody in this motherfucker who know how to talk to people. <laughs> right. <laughs> Errol say like, shit going to get done. Nothing. You're going to be dope and at the crib making no money. <laughs> right. Forever. Indefinitely. Yeah. No one will debate whether you're dope. That's that's no one can debate that. But mm-hmm. but what happens is that sometimes we 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 bury our he- our heads and our work 
And that becomes an excuse to not do the things that we don't enjoy as much. Right. And if for an artist, sometimes that's the social stuff. We don't want to mm-hmm. be kissing babies and, you know what I'm saying? And shaking hands, kissing babies and, and politicking and, and meeting people and, you know what I'm saying? And going out and, and going places and not knowing people and introducing ourselves and all these things that come along with it. But mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is that like, if you don't have nobody to do it for you, you got to do it. Yeah. You know, like I, 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 I know that it sucks. Like I don't enjoy it. Like I'm not a person who's just like, yo, I can't wait to go rub elbows. Talk to people. Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> oh my God. I can't wait to go to this event where I don't know nobody and meet a bunch of new people. Yeah, I, I mean, really... it's still it's still hard for me. I mean, I yeah. I, I was never really good at it anyway because I'm all, yeah. I was always the quiet, you know. Yep, that's corner, why you had me I, in the crew, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? But even after, but even without that, but even without you, at times I had to I had to sell my merch. Yeah, I had to talk to people. I had to engage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I had to do that, and I got more comfortable doing that. Yeah, you know, but. It's not fun because I'm a, I'm an introvert mm-hmm. like by nature. I'm just an introverted person. I don't just go out and make friends everywhere I go. <laughs> it's true. You know what I'm saying? It's like true. that's not me at all. Yeah. You know. But when I have to, you know, I can step out of that comfort zone and talk to a couple people, introduce myself. You know, make a friend. Yeah. If I have to. <laughs> right. And a lot of artists are like that. You know, it's nothing mm-hmm. for anybody at home to, to beat yourself up over. And that's why I say, like, you don't necessarily have to do it. But I think you should make sure you're around somebody that someone in your crew understands its importance and right. is comfortable doing it because everybody has different strengths. Like producers, being a producer made me just kind of withdrawn because as the more I got into the art, the better I got at it, the less I, you know what I mean? But but I always been good with people. Mm-hmm. Always going back to high. I mean, I won best personality in high school. Mm-hmm. You don't win that if you a fucking introvert. Yeah, right. a bunch of fucking high schoolers classmates oh yeah Al, you, that's the guy everybody mm-hmm. loves this man mm-hmm. but art is a whole different thing art is a solo sport that you gotta withdraw to get good at and so uh that shit is a hard balance to strike but i, I need people at home to really understand man They're like yes being dope is very important but never buy into the myth that the game is won by the hardest workers all the time right uh, and what you don't see is that many of these people who work hard, they do have teams around them. They got managing. They got people who consult. They got, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, booking agents. They got publicists. So a guy like Mad Lib, who we all know is an introvert and don't really fuck with people like that, he can still be successful because he always had Egon around mm-hmm. and Peanut Butter Wolf around. You know what I'm saying? And like, like those are the people that allow him to be the introverted artist and still be successful. Right. So if you are that artist and you work hard, but you find that you aren't having the success, it might be time to to surround yourself or, or find somebody who can balance that. You know? Yeah. True. That's number eight. Okay. Number nine. Mm. Myth of the music industry. <laughs> this one is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is true. I, I know this one well. <laughs> know this one well. Number nine. Myth of the music industry is the artistic freedom myth bullshit see this myth is when you believe that you can do anything you fucking want to do at any time and everybody who fucks with you will support you because you know what's best didn't fans cut you out because of um, (laughs) adventures yes they did (laughs) yes I got in many angry arguments over that record. That's where I learned this myth. Uh-huh. Prior to that, I thought I can do what I want to do. Yeah. They they'll know. Now, years later, many of the same people are like, "Yeah, that record is classic. That's <laughs> next level." He was. I get it now. Right at the time, they were shitting on your boy. Yeah, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what is it? Why though? That was the funniest question. <laughs> Why'd you do it? <laughs> they were just like, but why though, Prent? <laughs> why? <laughs> the funniest oh, fucking man. question was just why you why you do that? Why? 
Why though? <laughs> and that's when it dawned on me. Hmm. I think I bought into the myth of artistic freedom. Because I'm getting some pushback here that I wasn't expecting. Why though, Britt? Why? <laughs> but why though? Because hey, oh, I'm an artist. Uh, yeah, because I'm an artist. That's it. That's all you can say. I'm an artist, bruh. I'm doing what I want to do. But I, why though? Why though? It, 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 it's, it's, you can't get around that question. I know, Brent, but, but why though? <laughs> why? Why? Okay. Why though? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's great. And we, what I learned is like, yo, being able to do what you do is a right you earn. Being able to do anything you want is you have to earn that right, right? right. You got to earn that from like, um, like constantly expanding what you do a little bit at a time, taking uh, bigger and bigger chances. And eventually, and being consistent, you know, I'm not here to say that fans won't let you do certain things uh, or change or evolve. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like there's this myth that a lot of artists have, which is totally disconnected from fans. And the myth is that branding doesn't matter. Right. Right. Like the problem was my branding. I was branded as a boom bap old school artist with the 1988 record. In my mind, that was just one record. I wasn't doing records like that the whole time. It just took off. But the record was a hit. It was a hit. But and, the record hit. So that's. And know. I was defined by that, right? My mm-hmm. brand is now defined as that kind of artist. I didn't know this then. Then I was just doing what I was just doing what I was going to do anyway. I never planned right. on making a bunch of 1988s. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you go listen, Celestia wasn't like 1988. Chamber right. music wasn't like that. I was just. You know what I'm saying? In that zone. But little did I know, these branding rules apply to everybody. <laughs> they do. I wasn't special. You know what I mean? They do. And uh, I learned that, like, you have to kind of ease into things with people. Mm-hmm. You have to set things up a lot if you don't want to get that jarring effect on some branding shit. And uh, looking back now, you know, history is kind to me right now uh, with that record. I talk to people every day that want to talk about that record now. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I'll never forget that when it came out, it was like a, a a red pill moment, man. It was matrix shit. It was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, oh. diabolical was that for me. <laughs> you know, following Celestial. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Following yeah. Celestial, down tempo, yep. super poetic, yeah. dark record with a bright not as poetic, straightforward, mm. just rapping, up tempo, bright. Yeah, nah, people, fans was like, "What the fuck is this?" It was like, "Why?" The though? writers hate. The writers was shitting on us. Like, <laughs> like why? It though? was bad. Why'd you make this? <laughs> why? why? Why though? <laughs> and the same with you, like, with me. Like people like the record now. I've gotten yeah. a lot of compliments on the record now, but when it dropped, yeah, nah, with nah, that nah, being nah, the celestial nah, follow up, nah, nah bro. Nah. They was uh-huh. not feeling that shit. No, 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 no. At all. <laughs> well, yeah, that's number nine. All right, number 10. Myth of the music industry is that labels care about artists and art above all. <laughs> Come on, bro. See, is it's a myth for real? People be thinking that. They, they, they can't. They heart be broken when a label do something they don't expect. Why'd y'all sign him? Like, oh come on! I mean, look, look at look at when when Ryan Stair signed Prof. True. People was True. mad. True. Some people, was, his people knew. Minneapolis people knew what he mm-hmm. could do and why he was getting signed. It was obvious, right? But mm-hmm. some people was like, "Well, why though? <laughs> Who was he? <laughs> Who was? He? I thought y'all cared about the art, though. Right. You know what I mean? And, and here's what I learned: I learned that like labels care about the art as long as the art makes money. You, you might have to put that on a shirt because <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so true People like you really the- think you really think these label heads listen to all the music on their label hell no they not don't really. Not really. but if it's putting money in their pocket best believe they gonna put that shit out yeah they know what's cracking right and, and what they decide to listen to is based on how it's performing mm-hmm. see we, we look at it in a, the reverse way we be thinking that 
the sound comes first. You know what I'm saying? And then they, you know what I'm saying? They respect the sound. It's like, no, the success got to come first. Mm-hmm. Then they respect the success of the sound. Right. And that's an important distinction because if you look at it the other way as an artist, you'll be thinking that, oh, I'll never understand why they did this, why they did that. Look, art is important. I am a fucking artist, true and true. But at the end of the day, any situation I get in with a label, that record got to perform. Thanks. And if your records don't perform, you're not going to have the same doors open to you. This is just what it is out here, man. I'm not like uh, here to shit on labels and act like they're evil. They're not. Nah, it's a business. It's a business. It's a business. And and last I checked, they were probably the last motherfuckers willing to spend tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars on these artists. True. Trying to make art popular. Mm-hmm. But the side people don't talk about is that sometimes the art don't stick and that labels have to do what's best in their financial interest to survive. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. As artists, you got to know that shit. Like, yo, you on borrowed time, man. You artist, you better make some shit that's artsy and commercially viable. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, hey, yeah, this shit is artsy as shit, but that song right there, though, that's that shit big right there. That's, <laughs> hey, that can appeal to anybody. That's what right. you better be doing. Mm-hmm. If you want another shot because that's the game. And it's not that the people at those labels hate art. Look, People at labels would sell fucking polka music if polka music was the most popular fucking music in the streets right now. Facts. They'd be sure. going. They'd be going these little fucking Polish neighborhoods, <laughs> underground <laughs> polka artists. They would dead ass have an A and R team full of people digging in the streets to find old polka artists. Mm-hmm. Yo, you know the underground polka shit cracking right now though. Yeah. Just they be just as amped as it as they were when they heard MF Doom. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this is next though. This drives like dimes. <laughs> this is the MF Doom of 2021. This is Polka Cat. He's the MF Doom of Polka. They don't give a shit. They will it's sell so it. True. They'll it's package so true. it and sell it. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Because the, the, the respect comes after the viability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they love the art, but if the art don't sell, you know they could lose their job. Label be out of money, all this other shit. Nobody trying to hate nobody and be out of business behind this shit. People want to, you know, everybody wants to win, and so mm-hmm. we have to understand, man. Labels, they do care. There are some labels who have more freedom than others. You know what I'm saying? And they can they can take more chances than others, and uh, especially independent because you you don't have to put so much in to to break an artist. Right, right. But at the same time. You know, making something that's viable matters, man. Yeah. True. So that's it. That is it. That's it. Of this long ass talkative ass episode, you know, but it was only an hour. We was did. it? I ain't, I ain't seen my man since like a month and seven Sundays. <laughs> been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute, you know. So let me read these back real quick. Ten myths of the music industry. The biggest myths. Number one, getting signed means your record is coming out. It ain't. Number two. <laughs> Did they drop it? Not necessarily. Not so fast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Being an artist is the only way to make an impact. That was number two. Number three, the myth of the big city. You can only make it in a big city. Number four, the myth of the big fan base. Number five, the myth of the one hit wonder being bad. Number six, the pop music is easy myth. Number seven, the local gatekeeper myth. Number eight, the hard work myth. The biggest myth of all the myths. Yeah, if I just if I just put in the work, that's it. I'm gonna make it. Number nine, the artistic freedom myth. And number ten, the labels care about art above everything myth. Nope. If polka was cracking. <laughs> put that poke right there. It's the MF Doom of Right. This is the MF Doom of They had me in your face. Just fucking accordion. Like, yeah. Oh, man, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a real accordion mix, a remix. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. You know what I mean? All right, so that's it for this week, man. 
and we will see y'all next week word peace peace thank you for listening to super duty tough work subscribe to the podcast on itunes follow the podcast on soundcloud that nobody know about. I mean, super duty tough work. <laughs>